Hello, this is Danielle Miller-Wagner with the Smart Cities Council and the Program Director for the Smart Cities Week Conferences. I'm very pleased to introduce Clarence Wardell, who is the Director of City Solutions for Results for America. He will be joining us at Smart Cities Week Washington, D.C. on October 1st and 2nd at the MGM National Harbor. Um, and he will be speaking in a session called The Real-Time City, How Cities Are Integrating Streaming Data, Advanced Analytics, AI, and Citizen Engagement to Improve Well-Being. A little bit of background, Clarence um, works, well, in his role at Results for America, Clarence works with mid-sized cities to help them use data and evidence to guide programming and investment decisions. Prior to joining Results for America, he served as part of the U.S. Digital Service at the White House, and he co-led the White House Police Data Initiative. Clarence, thank you so much for joining us today. Great to be with you, Diane. Thanks for having me. Sure. Thank you. So tell us a little bit, Clarence, about Results for America and how it came into being. Yeah, sure. Um, so Results for America is a, a DC-based nonprofit um, launched in 2012 um, by Michelle Jolin and David Medina. Um, it's really focused on uh, broadly advancing the use of data and evidence um, within government um, at the federal, state, and local policy levels, but also uh, work internationally and with the civil society and nonprofit sector as well. Um, and really our core mission um, is to make investing in what works, uh, we like to say, the new normal. Um, and so shifting uh, away from politicians and policy leaders uh, making decisions that are kind of solely based on gut and really looking at what the data and what the evidence says about how you better serve families, better serve children, and better serve communities. Um, and so that's broadly what Results for America is focused on. Um, we have a lot of programming that we do in that space, um, including um, we had a local fellows program. Um, the book that kind of launched the organization was Moneyball for Government, which really made this case uh, about investing in what works and, and, and using data to better uh, drive your policy um, decision making, um, highlighting those in government and, and what we like to call uh, champions, um, those who are actually um, living out um, that, that work in their day to day um, uh, public service. And so uh, one of the uh, big kind of uh, focuses within that area and, and where uh, a lot of our attention has gone on the uh, local side is the, the What Works Cities uh, initiative, uh, which I, myself I'm, I'm a part of, and that's uh, the bulk of my work. Um, and it's really about half our team, I would like to say, at Results for America. And so I'm happy to talk about that a little bit more, um, but that's really um, not, not, not the only interaction with, with local level of government, but really uh, our focus on cities. Very interesting, Clarence. Thank you for that explanation. Uh, if you would um, now, can you tell us a little bit about how you work with What Works Cities and how it came into being? Yeah, so as I mentioned, uh, Results for America, uh, we work at all levels of government and even internationally as well. Um, but uh, our What Works Cities work is probably our largest um, body of work uh, with, with U.S. cities. Um, that work was, was launched um, in April of 2015, um, supported and completely funded by Bloomberg Philanthropies. Um, and it was really uh, Mike Bloomberg's attempt 
to help replicate nationally what um, he was able to do within his administration, bringing evidence and data to the core of the operations of the city and how he and they uh, made decisions. Um, and so I think there was a recognition that uh, New York City in many uh, ways is, is a very unique uh, entity um, and that it has a lot of resources and then has a lot of talent locally uh, to be able to build that type of infrastructure and to be able to manage and run a city in that way. And so what we wanted to do uh, through the What Works Cities initiative is to support that next level of city where what we saw as the mid-sized cities across the country. Um, well, in some cases, we're already starting to do some of that work. Um, in other cases, um, didn't maybe didn't have any of that capability or infrastructure um, locally. And so what we wanted to do is kind of target resources there. Uh, we define uh, at that time mid-sized cities as cities with populations between 100,000 and a million. And so the goal early on was, um, can we work with 100 of these cities over three years uh, to provide them um, with resources to build capabilities across uh, what we saw some of the fundamental pillars of having a data well-run data-driven uh, city um, and so the initiative was launched with a consortium of five partners um, I obviously work with results for America uh, we were um, in our the essentially kind of the lead uh, partner of the initiative in terms of coordinating the other partners bringing in cities into the work um, and making sure that cities are having um, a great experience and are actually uh, building the capabilities that we hope they are um, as part of their participation. Uh, but the, the, the much of the on the ground work um, happens through the other partners who each have their own kind of expertise um, in different areas. And so um, Johns Hopkins University, the Government Excellence Center there, um, works with cities a lot on kind of building out their data fundamentals, so things like um, a data inventory, uh, different governance and analytics structures um, and programs within the cities. Um, they also um, have worked a lot with a lot of cities on building out their performance um, management programs. And so that's moving from not just having the data, but actually making it actionable around how you're understanding and evaluating your key programs and services and making um, adjustments, um, you know, quarterly or monthly on how well you're doing. Um, another partner is the Behavioral Insights Team, North America, uh, which uh, works with cities on uh, low-cost evaluations and, um, and what the uh, called randomized control trials and so helping cities um, with that's adjust the language in in terms of uh, the types of letters they're sending out to collect on fines or water bills or um, they've done some really interesting projects with some cities around um, how do they uh, tailor their messaging for police force recruitment in order to increase diversity in the departments and so you can do those sorts of things and kind of test in real time um, some of those tweaks using their methods um, at, on the low-cost evaluation side um, another uh, organization is the um, Government Performance Lab at the Harvard Kennedy School, um, and they're really focused with cities on uh, what we call results-driven contracting. So um, a lot of the work that cities do with kind of families um, and communities is contracted out to social service providers and community-based organizations within the city. And so what uh, they're trying to work with cities on is, is structuring those contracts such as they're contracting for outcomes and not outputs. And so um, making sure that the dollars are going out in a way that's achieving um, the outcomes that they hope to see as a community. Um, and then lastly, the, the, the other organization that, um, that works with cities is the Sunlight Foundation. Um, and really their bread and butter is kind of working with cities on, on open data, um, both um, thinking about cities, how they launch um, open data uh, um, portals, um, but also really the fundamentals of open data government, governance. Um, and how do you make that meaningful to citizens within your community. So uh, not just putting the data out there, but how do you make it actionable? How do you make it um, 
meaningful for for people um, in terms of how the city is serving them. Um, and so that's 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 basically the initiative um, in its first um, three years in terms of the technical assistance. Um, is we've since evolved. Um, we've we've um, uh, moved into kind of phase two within a uh, little over a year now. Um, and so in 2018, Bloomberg Clancy's announced um, another um, investment of $42 million to really kind of um, accelerate um, and, and, and expand on what we were doing in phase one. Um, and really kind of the core of that has been the, the What Work City certification program, um, which I can talk about more. Um, and then we've, we've also kind of built out other supports and services for cities uh, around that based on lessons learned from, from phase one. Wow, that is quite an undertaking. Very, um, very impressive. Um, I, I would like to hear a little bit about the What Work City certification and how um, you have worked with those winning cities um, and how they're selected and what they have to do to earn that prestigious um, title. So could you tell us a little bit about that, Clarence? Yeah, sure, happy to. Um, and so I'll just say a little bit more about, about certification, uh, which was launched um, in 2017 um, as, as part of what, what I said initially, um, phase one of What Work Cities. Um, and I think it was, it was a recognition in many ways on our part of, of A, realizing that we needed to help cities better understand where they were as they um, or, and help them benchmark where they were in terms of their uh, ability to have a, a well-functioning, high-functioning uh, data-driven government um, and governance structure within the city. And so um, on, on that end, and then on our side, we really wanted to understand how are, how is, are the investments that we've been making in terms of the technical assistance and in terms of time, talent, and resources, are, they, are those investments making a difference both at the local level for individual cities, but nationally in terms of how are we seeing um, are we seeing basically a movement grow where we're seeing cities not just recognize that, hey, we need to be more data and evidence centered in, in terms of our program and service delivery, but also is that growing over time and are we seeing that expand into new and more fundamental capabilities? And so the What Works City certification program was launched, like I said, in 2017, um, not just with the collective knowledge of our cohort, but we uh, we have a What Works Cities uh, certification um, uh, Standard Excellence Committee, um, and so that's uh, outside experts who help inform um, and drive our criteria for for certification. So we now have 45 uh, criteria um, across a few different areas that we evaluate cities on. So it's things like data governance, and as I mentioned before, evaluation, uh, general management, uh, open data, performance and analytics, uh, repurpose for results, uh, which I didn't talk about was some work that I led, but that's kind of akin to outcomes-based budgeting. So how are you using data um, and resident engagement to inform your budget, uh, budgetary decision-making, um, results-driven contracting, and then uh, stakeholder engagement. So we're looking to evaluate cities on how they're doing um, in, in progressing in those areas that we believe are uh, key towards a well-managed city. Um, and so, uh, we have cities now, when we work with them, um, we, we require them to fill out that assessment up front so that we can understand where they're starting from and then better tailor the supports to them um, such that they can make strong progress. Um, and so as part of that assessment process, we're also looking for um, really interesting case studies and really who's doing the best nationally in terms of uh, data-driven governance and, and building those foundational capabilities such that we can hold those up as examples for other cities to know what this can look like over time. And so 
um, as, you, as you alluded to, um, since certification was launched, uh, we've made two announcements of, of what we've called certified cities. And so we have three different tiers of, of certification, platinum, gold, and silver. Um, and so we've had, uh, I believe, um, Los Angeles uh, was the uh, first gold city ever that was, that was announced, um, as well as um, a longer list of cities there. Uh, we have not, that, that are at um, that silver level. Um, we have not had a city to date um, that has reached the, the, the platinum threshold. Um, but what we've done is, is also to uh, not just have those tiers, but we've also built out an honor roll. And so these are cities that are they're right on the cusp of moving into um, those higher level of tiers. And so what we hope to do is not just that cities aspire to be kind of one of the certified cities, um, but also that they aspire to maintain that and also go further with um, within that tiering. Um, and so for us, it's been really helpful to understand how uh, our work is, is making a difference in areas where we've potentially needed to adjust um, in, in terms of some of our service delivery and how we could think about um, not just doing the direct technical assistance, but other types of supports uh, that we've been building out over time to touch more cities in a more rapid, uh, in a more rapid way. Oh, it sounds like quite quite the undertaking. Fascinating. So um, we, as as you know, the Smart Cities Council works closely with a lot of um, cities through our Readiness Challenge program. How would some of those or other cities that fit your um, criteria enter the certification process? What do they need to do in order to take advantage of some of these resources that you offer? Yeah, so all we ask cities do to do, um, and, and again, it's it's all um, it's all free for cities, um, and so I, I think I should stress that it is a philanthropic effort, and it, it was really uh, meant to say um, where cities are willing uh, to do this, we want to be able to support. Um, and so all that we ask for cities um, to to kick off that process is to fill out a certification assessment, um, and they can go to our website, um, What Works Cities website. Um, get the um you'll be able to find access to the assessment there and, and fill it out um sometimes depending on the size of the city you may have one person that, that could potentially fill it out but there may it may involve uh some coordination across a few different departments um and then we have a, a certification team uh, within what works cities um and they go through um they'll potentially do some further validation of of, of the kind of self-generated uh inputs um that may be a phone call for cities that are really high performing um, that we think that haven't previously been certified and that we think might be, um, we will usually do a site visit. So we'll do kind of an in-person to try to better understand um, some of the, the answers that the city has given and really just understand some kind of a, a deeper texture of the case studies and other things that are happening there. Um, but that's the entryway. Um, and then at that point, you're not only eligible for, um, as I mentioned before, kind of that uh, deeper technical assistance, um, but in phase two of What Works Cities, we've launched uh, what we're calling our What Works Cities uh, Sprint. Um, and so each of the partners um, essentially have built out uh, a, a curriculum over, uh, it could be four weeks, it could be a little bit longer, uh, but a cohort of cities will engage on, you know, maybe uh, working through a, a contract, right, that they have as part of uh, the results-driven contracting work. Uh, we've, we've had some really, um, successful and engaging sprints around uh, communications, right? So a lot of cities are really hungry, both at the um, civil servant level, but also at the leadership level to understand how do we make data matter and our use of data to govern the city matter to our citizens, right? And how do we communicate that? Um, 
uh, it brings you then into a, a broader community of practice, um, both virtually and, and as well as events that we hold uh, have held in person. Um, such that, and, and we found that that has been one of the biggest values that a lot of cities have articulated to us, is just being in contact with others across the country who are working on this. Um, and then there's a few other um, initiatives that, that we will be um, launching and have launched. Uh, you might have seen yesterday our economic mobility cohort, um, or I'm sorry, not yesterday, but uh, earlier this past week. Um, uh, here in late June. I know I'm not sure quite when the podcast is going to come out, but just so folks have a, a general time frame, uh, but just launched some work uh, that we're doing with 10 cities across the country, specifically focused on economic mobility. Um, and so all of those resources and supports uh, that we provide, like certification is the entry point for that. Um, and really all that for us is to say, is, is for us to figure out how we can best help you with the resources that, that we have from a city perspective. Fantastic. So Clarence, if some cities, some of our readiness challenge cities or others want to get inspired or get some ideas about how they might go down a um, what works path, um, where can they find information about use cases or other or what other cities are doing? Yes, um, so there's the What Works Cities uh, website, uh, which I think is just kind of the first resource that, that cities uh, can go to. Uh, but there is also a lot of uh, resources uh, that we are pushing out through our social media channels. Uh, we have a, a really robust uh, newsletter. Uh, we always encourage cities to sign up for that. Um, that's uh, where we're sharing a lot of the case studies, a lot of interviews from uh, local city leaders and how they've made that work uh, happen in their city. Um, and then a lot of that content will actually actually lives on the What Works Cities media page. Um, and so we view one of our um, kind of biggest roles in this is, and, and this is not just What Works Cities, but as I said, Results for America more broadly, is really kind of championing those who are doing the work at the local level, elevating those case studies and really helping drive momentum around what, what could be possible um, in terms of improved service delivery and better outcomes for, for children, families, and communities. Um, and so we try, we're trying to constantly push out that content. Um, but I think, you know, start at the website, um, and then uh, you can uh, obviously find us, I would say follow us on Twitter. Uh, we're constantly highlighting things there, uh, the newsletter, and then the, the, the medium channel. Okay, great. And I just want to add that in addition to your role at Smart Cities Week as a, as a um, panelist, we also have officials from um, GovX, so John Hopkins speaking, um, and from uh, your from Behavioral Insights. So um, we will have some wide representation from the What Works Cities broad team at Smart Cities Week Conference. Um, so last but not least, Clarence, um, can you share with us some of your future plans for how you plan to continue to engage and raise up cities? Um, or can, and if you, if you don't have plans already sketched out, can you look into your crystal ball and tell <laughs> us where you think um, the program is heading? Yes. Um, so as I, I just mentioned, uh, one of the initiatives that we're really excited about um, for, for a few different reasons, uh, in part um, because it's also been supported by um, several other funders in the space who, who I think view 
um, and see the value of this work um, in terms of helping cities achieve real outcomes um, and, and uh, real outcomes for their residents um, is the economic mobility work. Um, and and as, I, as I mentioned, um, we just announced that um, uh, this week. Um, and it is focused on, uh, we selected 10 cities across the country uh, that we'll be working with um, to pilot um, different interventions uh, around um, things like affordable housing, um, access to, um, to jobs and higher education, um, to really understand the, um, what interventions can work in terms of moving people towards opportunity. Um, I think this, this um, kind of high-level um, conversation around economic mobility and opportunity has been happening uh, both in kind of the political landscape, uh, but really interested at the policy level as, as well, and really trying to understand what is, works in this space and where can we really invest and double down on our efforts. Um, and so, as I mentioned before, we be believe, you know, just fundamentally to do this work, you have to have kind of a strong infrastructure in terms of your data, um, uh, how you're using data to, to better understand and manage your city. But then on top of that, how do you then leverage that into achieving real outcomes for people? And so over the next um, year and a half, we'll be focused going deep with these 10 cities, both bringing in our technical assistance partners, working with uh, Raj Shetty's team at, team at Opportunity Insights um, that have really rich data around these communities. And so helping them um, build on the work that in many ways was already happening, uh, but hopefully accelerated with our resources um, to both test more quickly and also sustain it over time. So that's one of the things that we're, that we're really excited about that's happening through uh, what work cities and our partners. Um, I'll say a brief bit. Um, I'm also, um, you know, you mentioned this, I'm the director of city solutions. Um, that's a, a kind of a new area of work that we've launched uh, within the what work city space too as well. Um, that is akin to that in the sense that um, it's it's not necessarily focused on just the fundamental pillars of, of, of data-driven government, but also then how do you start to, again, use that to solve real challenges within your community. And so one of um, kind of our theses here is that over the past decade, we've actually learned quite a bit about what works and what doesn't work in cities. Um, there's been a lot of investment in tried new pilots uh, around things like early childhood education and language development around affordable housing. Um, and we're actually starting to see some pretty promising results. And so um, our work is thinking about how do we help other cities understand what is actually working, but not just understand it, but to make meaningful momentum and progress towards implementation. Um, and so think our, our team is thinking about how do we do this both um, in, in some uh, deep uh, engagement uh, ways, uh, but also are there lighter ways that we can do this where we can really leverage the network of 150 cities that we have engaged with in some way um, to really get these cities moving forward on um, some really promising interventions. Um, and so, as I mentioned, um, you know, things like early childhood, uh, affordable housing, public safety, violence reduction, all types of challenges that cities have local and unique context, but are really things that cities share in common. And so, uh, I'm really excited about that work. Um, hope to be able to say a little bit more about it um, probably later this summer. Um, but that's, I think we've really kind of moved in the space to what works cities, not to leaving behind the, the this kind of fundamental piece, because we still know a lot of cities need that work, um, but also starting to show here are the things that you can do, um, and you can do it at kind of at a really high level when you have that data infrastructure there. Absolutely. I love the emphasis on economic mobility and opportunity. I think that is, um, that's also something we're trying to promote heavily with um, the Smart Cities 
week conferences and among our um, readiness challenge um, cities. So I'm really glad you hit on that. Thank you. So Clarence, thank you so much for joining us today on the Smart Cities Week podcast. Um, we're very much looking forward to seeing you at Smart Cities Week Washington, D.C. on October 1st and 2nd at the MGM National Harbor. That was Clarence Wardell, Director of City Solutions from Results for America. Thank you. Great. Thanks for having me, Daniel. Looking forward to it.